for ReachMD. This is Audio Abstracts. I'm Dr. Ryan Ungaro, gastroenterologist at the Feinstein IBD Center at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, and a member of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation's Rising Educators, Academics, and Clinicians Helping IBD Group, or REACH IBD. Venalizumab is a humanized monoclonal antibody approved for the use in moderate to severe Crohn's disease. It selectively inhibits gut-homing leukocytes by targeting alpha-4 beta-7 integrin. The efficacy of biologic therapy can be affected by prior medication exposure. In a study published in the January 2016 issue of the Inflammatory Bowel Diseases Journal, lead author Bruce Sands and colleagues examined the efficacy and safety of vetalizumab induction and maintenance in Crohn's disease patients, taking into account prior anti-TNF treatment. This is a pre-specified post-hoc analysis of the Phase three randomized placebo-controlled Gemini 2 and 3 trials that led to the approval of vetalizumab for Crohn's disease. Included patients had moderately to severely active Crohn's disease, as defined by the Crohn's Disease Activity Index, or CDAI, and at least one objective measure of inflammation, such as an elevated C-reactive protein, fecal calprotectin, or ulcerations on colonoscopy. Patients were classified as either anti-TNF naive or as an anti-TNF failure. The primary outcome of interest was clinical remission defined as a CDAI score of 150 or less at weeks 6, 10, and 52. A total of 516 anti-TNF-naive Crohn's patients and 960 anti-TNF failures from the Gemini trials were included in the analysis. In both TNF-naive and TNF-failure groups, vetalizumab therapy was more effective than placebo at achieving clinical remission. However, anti-TNF-naive patients appear to have higher rates of clinical remission and clinical response. Clinical remission rates among anti-TNF-naive patients were 26.6% at week 10 and 48.9% at week 52, compared to 21.8% at week 10 and 27.7% at week 52 for TNF failure patients. Clinical remission rates in patients who previously failed anti-TNF were not significantly different than placebo until week 10 of induction, whereas efficacy in anti-TNF naive patients was more evident earlier at week 6. The TNF failure group had a greater disease burden, length of illness, inflammatory markers, surgery rates, and extraintestinal manifestations, compared to the TNF naive group. So response rate to vetalizumab should be evaluated with this in mind. Of interest, clinical remission and response rates to anti-TNF failure patients were similar regardless of number of prior anti-TNF agents used and reason for prior anti-TNF discontinuation. Lastly, no significant differences in safety were seen based on anti-TNF history. An important caveat with this study, as the authors note, is that the term TNF failure might be dated in this age of proactive drug monitoring, as it likely includes both patients who are inadequately dosed as well as those truly refractory to therapy. However, this study provides important additional information on vetalizumab for the treatment of Crohn's disease. First, vetalizumab has efficacy in Crohn's disease regardless of anti-TNF history or reason for prior anti-TNF failure. However, naive patients appear to have higher clinical response and remission rates than those previously treated with anti-TNFs. This may reflect a more refractory patient population among anti-TNF failures. Another possibility is that anti-TNF naive patients in this study had shorter disease duration, so using biologic therapy earlier in the disease course may be more effective. Lastly, it may take somewhat longer until week 10 of induction therapy for clinical response to vetalizumab to become evident in patients who previously failed anti-TNF therapy. If you're interested in this topic or others on Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, the Inflammatory Bowel Diseases Journal brings the most current information in clinical and basic sciences to physicians caring for patients with IBD and investigators performing research in IBD and related fields. 
Each issue contains cutting-edge original basic science and clinical articles on diagnosis, treatment, and management of Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis from clinicians and researchers around the world. The IBD Journal is the official journal of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. For more information on the foundation, please visit ccfa.org. This has been a presentation of Audio Abstracts. For more information and for reference links of this article, visit reachmd.com slash audioabstracts.